Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 26th, 2022. I hope that you're enjoying the series that I'm teaching right now. I'm teaching about the law that was given by Moses and the grace and truth that came through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've been looking at God's grace in our faith. This is part 23. The title of today's message is Human Performance Waters Down the Gospel of Grace. If you are living by human performance, you may not know it, but you're actually watering down your ability to receive from God on the level that he wants you to receive. So what I want you to do this morning is get ready to receive what God is about to say. Open up your heart so you can be delivered from human human performance or performance-based religion. This thing, once I re- received it myself, it changed me and it changed me forever. Open up your heart to the word. All right, so let's get into the word. So we've been looking at John 1 and 14 and John 1 and 17. And then for a while now, I just keep adding other scriptures to that. But I keep John 1 and 14 and John 1 and 17 as like foundational scriptures. Yesterday, we looked at John 1 and 14, John 1 and 17, and Galatians chapter 5 and verse 10. Because before that, we had read the verses leading up to verse 10. So today, we're going to do the same thing with John 1 and 14 and 1 and 17. We're going to look at Galatians 5. 11 and 12. And so what I do is I just build like, you know, I'm the, the, the teaching is just building and building and building. That's why this is what part 23, but as you're getting the word on a daily basis and you're adding a little bit here, a little bit, I can't give you all of this all at once. Right. And so just a little bit here, a little bit there you're building. And I pray that your understanding of God, his goodness, his grace, and his favor towards you is growing. So John 1 and 14 says that the word Jesus became flesh. He dwelt among us. We were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the Father who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John 1 and 17 says that the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Galatians 5, 11 and 12, this is what I'm going to address today from the Apostle Paul. <laughs> this, is, this is kind of funny, but anyway, let's see what Paul said. He says now, he's writing and he's teaching solid stuff. And then he says, as for the rumor, that I continue to preach the ways of circumcision as I did in those pre-Damascus road days. He says, my pre-Damascus, like, it's like, like my BC days, right? Before Christ. I have BC days. We all have BC days. So he's like, if there's, there's a rumor going around, I heard, that I'm actually preaching the ways of circumcision like you guys are, uh, as I did in my pre-Damascus road days, in my BC days. He says, man, that's absurd. Why, if I was doing that, he says, then why would I still be persecuted then? Why would I be persecuted by the Jews for preaching that old message? If I preach that old message, no one would be offended. If I preach the old message and then just, then just mention the cross every now and then, it would be a watered down gospel and it wouldn't matter one way or the other. Why don't these agitators, so the people that were like spreading these rumors about the Apostle Paul being okay with circumcision, he says, why don't these agitators, obsessive as they are about circumcision, why don't they just go all the way and just castrate themselves? This is in the Bible, y'all. So this is Paul 
like being frustrated. He was like, they want to just, why don't they just go all the way and, and castrate themselves? All right, we're going to talk about that. So what does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you in this morning. Uh, let's get into these three things. Number one, the Apostle Paul thought that it was absurd for people to believe that he was for adding human performance to God's grace as a requirement for righteousness. And that's what the whole discussion about circumcision was all about. While the Apostle Paul was writing to the believers in Galatia, there was like this rumor going around. And the rumor was, hey, you know, you guys, you, you are, I've already taught you this before, right? The, the non-Jewish converts to Christianity were never circumcised. And then you had the Jewish converts to Christianity who were circumcised. And the Jewish converts were saying, hey, you guys are grown men and you've never been circumcised and you need to be circumcised. And then they were using like Paul's name to invoke this. There was like, Paul said, I heard that there's a rumor going around that I'm okay with this, that I'm actually sanctioning like this whole activity, which is ridiculous. He says, it's salvation by grace. And grace alone. It, you're saved by, by exercising your faith in Christ Jesus, not by, by performing something. It's not something that you do. It's not performance-based. It's, it's grace-based. So the Apostle Paul was going on these missionary journeys. He had planted the church there. He left there. He thought they were good to go. And then he was upset that later on, somebody had changed what they were believing. So Paul preached that you can only be righteous by faith. That's it. Be righteous by faith and faith alone. And, and it's not about the works of the flesh. However, the, the, the religious people that were there, that were former Jews, that were trying to do this thing, and then they tried to say that, that Paul was okay with it. And the apostle Paul said, he was furious. He said, man, that's absurd. He said, what are you talking about? He said, the only, re the re only reason why these religious, you know, former Jews are, are doing this is because they're stuck on themselves. They can't just really open up their heart to the grace of God. And oh, by the way, if I were doing it, if I were okay with that, then why would the Jew, the people that I left from, right, the Jewish religious elite, why would they be persecuting me the way that they're persecuting me? Like if I was okay with what they're doing, if I was okay with their works and performance-based religion, they would be okay with me. And, and if I only mentioned the cross every now and then, they probably wouldn't say anything, but it would be watered down. He's like, no, no, no. The, here's the problem with religious people. Religious people invest a lot. Like they invest a great amount of time, energy, and effort into being good. <laughs> so this is the problem. Religious people, they spend a lot of time, energy, and effort uh, into attempting to do right so that they could be right with God. And then these people, because they are, they are invested, right, into doing good, and they are so invested that they really get offended when you tell them that their works can't make them right with God. Like, uh, let, me, let me slow down so you can get what I'm saying. Religious people are so focused on themselves and what they do. Look, I was raised, my even my, my family to this day, my mom, when, when we go to the Dominican Republic and um, and we do works, like, you know, we go and, you know, we feed the homeless or we go out and we buy or we give backpacks away or whatever. You know, our ministry does things to be a blessing. And while we're doing things to be a blessing, my mom will say, ooh, those are good works, son. <laughs> those are good works. You know, and then I would hear her say to people, my, my son has to go to heaven. You see all the works that he does? And I say, Mom, come on. I say, Mom, look, I know I'm I'm going to heaven. You're right about that. I'm going to heaven, but I'm not going to heaven because of works. It's not about that. And so my mom, I love my mom, and she has a great heart, and I believe my mom is saved and she's going to heaven. But but that's no, it's not works-based, it's not performance-based, it's grace-based. And so the people that thankfully my mom is not like, you know, 
putting works on me. But the people that are like so focused on works, here's the problem is that they are, they're self-righteous. Like they're like, dun, 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 look at me, look at what I'm doing. And since they are so focused on human effort, that if you tell them that human effort can't get you saved and you tell them that your works can't make you righteous, man, they get upset because like, what do you mean then? What's, I've been working on this thing for a long time. And so they are looking at their religious practices and then they look down on other people who are not performing their religious practices on the level that they are. And these were the same people who fought Jesus. These, was, these are the same people who fought Paul. And these are the same people who will fight you. <laughs> if you start talking about the free and unearned grace of God, the goodness of God, that's free. So the apostle Paul, he fought back. He said, this is funny, by the way. Uh, he said, well, the people who want to get circumcised uh, and who want to, you know, tell people to go get circumcised and to basically cut the foreskin of a grown man, uh, they should just go all the way. Don't cut the foreskin, cut the whole thing off then. He said, go castrate yourself. <laughs> He's like, if that's what you want to do, then don't just cut off the foreskin, cut off the whole thing. I mean, like you... I mean, just, this is crazy. And it's in the Bible, by the way. Like, it was like, you know, I, I hate to invoke the name of Lorena Bobbitt, but basically that's what I'm saying. Like, like go all the way. He's like, that's, it's so ridiculous that that's what he's saying. He He's so frustrated. The, the apostle Paul is that he said, cut the whole thing off then. That's how ridiculous he's saying. So let me just give you some points from this because you're like, Rick, you, you've gone off the rails now. This is in the Bible, by the way. So let me give you a, a couple of quick things and then I'll move on to point number two. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I'll say is the grace of God is so good that when you start teaching the grace of God, or when I first started receiving it, it was it's almost too good to be true. Like like before I started studying the grace of God in 2012, I've been preaching for years. And I would when I first started hearing it, it was like, man, I've been doing all these things. Come on now. Like, like God just wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. I don't know about that. Because, you know, I've been like, you know, it's like, man, I've been working hard. Like, I like, you know, I'm, I'm do I'm praying, I'm doing my confessions, I'm believing and receiving, I'm doing all these things. I don't know about that because it, it just seems too good to be true. But here's the thing, God, the gospel of grace is good. And, and it, while it seems too good to be true, it's true, it's true. The unearned grace of God is offensive to those who focus on their performance. When, when you look at somebody, it is, it's offensive to people who are religious because the people who are religious are really so focused on their performance that when you tell them that, like, you know, you, you could do all those things, that's fine. But that doesn't make you right with God. You're right with God because of Jesus. They get offended because they actually want to do their performance and then they want to get rewarded for it. <laughs> they want they want to perform and then they want to get rewarded for it. And so what they want is they want both God and the world to acknowledge their goodness. They want God, God, look at me. And I want you to acknowledge all the things that I've been doing good. And then they want the world to look at them and acknowledge all the things that, be, that they've been doing good. And, and so religious people are like, like the people that brought the woman caught in the very act of adultery. Um, they're like that. You know, they brought the woman to Jesus and they were like, dun, 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 Mr. Jesus, you know, what sayest thou? This woman was caught in the very act of adultery. And so we are right and she is wrong. We're righteous and she's not. And look at what she did. What sayest thou? What are you going to say to this woman? And Jesus was like, well, wow, you guys got a weird mindset. Your mindset is you're right and she's wrong. That's your mindset. Let me give you a different mindset. How about this? You're all wrong. He that is without sin cast the first stone. 
The Bible says that they started walking away from the oldest to the youngest. Because it was like, no, religious people is like, oh, I'm right, you're wrong, you're going to hell. I'm right, you're wrong, you're, you're all going to hell. That's what religious people would do. And Jesus is like, no, that's not the gospel, dude. Like, you don't understand the gospel. The gospel is what everybody's wrong. And, and only those that have accepted Jesus are going to heaven. And they're only going to heaven because of Jesus, not because of us. It's not because of our performance, right? All right, so number two, your performance will never measure up to the size of what God has called you to do. He wants you to accept his assignment by grace and pursue it by faith. So here's a problem with this performance-based stuff. And we already looked at this before. People who are claiming uh, that the Apostle Paul was okay with this, like a little bit of grace here and there, uh, he was like, no, that I'm not okay with that. And if, and, and just to be clear, if I were okay with that, then I wouldn't be persecuted on the level that I'm persecuted. And then his point is something that he said earlier. He said, and we looked at this yesterday, I believe. He said, you can't add a little bit of lie or a little bit of human performance to the grace of God. He said, because then that's like adding a little bit of yeast to a batch of dough before you know it is going to infect the whole belief system, right? Like a little, a little bit of human performance inside of the gospel of grace is going to infect your entire belief system. So, so you, you can't do that. You can't, because here's the thing, I'm trying to get you to detach, decouple, disconnect your faith from your performance. If you think even a little bit that, well, I got to do right to be right. <laughs> then even if you think that a little bit, then what's going to happen is that little bit of human-based or performance-based religion is going to infiltrate and and infect your belief system to the point where you won't be able to believe God on the level that, that God wants you to believe him because his grace towards you is, is going to exceed your, your level of performance. So if your level of faith in God is contingent, let me say it this way. If your level of faith in God is contingent upon your perceived level of goodness or performance towards him, then your faith will never be strong enough because your performance will never be good enough. <laughs> Put this in the chat. Say, God wants to bless me because God is good. Just say that. God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. If you base God's goodness towards you on your goodness towards him, then you're never going to see yourself the way that God sees you. You're never going to believe what God believes about you. You will never open up your heart to the size of God's goodness because you're just not that good. You need to get over the fact. Listen, I love you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. You're not that good. You are not worthy today and you will not be worthy tomorrow. And you should get over it. And so get over the fact that you're not worthy. Get over the fact that you're not good enough. Now, I'm not saying, and you know me, I've been teaching this for a while. I'm not saying this means you go sin. Of course not. That's ridiculous. But what I'm saying is you need to get over yourself. Get over yourself. Like, put that in the chat. Say, I get over myself. Like, get over yourself. Get over your faults and your flaws and your failures. Get over yourself so that you, you know that God's goodness towards you will exceed your performance towards him. End of story. And so God's assignment for your life is greater than anything that you could ever work for. God's assignment for your life is greater than anything that you will ever earn or deserve. So when you de decouple, detach, disconnect your faith from your performance, now you're in a position to receive on the level that God wants to operate in your life. And the, that's the only way your faith will be strong enough. Faith works by love. Faith works when I'm convinced that God loves me with this unconditional, everlasting love, that God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good and God is a good God and that's it. And so, so now that I open up my heart to God on that level, then, then yes, God starts doing things in my life that are crazy, man. I mean, like, oh my God. That's when you're like, wow, look at what God is doing. And, and, and you know why God is doing it? Because you finally got out of the way. 
God is doing it because you finally got to the point where you like, forget it. I'm not that good. Let me just get myself out of the way. I'm not worrying about me anymore. I'm not worrying about my performance or my flaws anymore. God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. At that point, man, God starts doing stuff in your life that you are mind blown because God loves you. See, God loves you so much. Let me say it this way. God loves you so much. Put this in the chat. God loves me and I know it. God loves you so much that he did not allow his foreknowledge of your mistakes. Like he knew all the mistakes you were going to make. And so he had foreknowledge of your decisions and actions. God did not allow his foreknowledge of your mistakes to keep you from preordaining you for your purpose. Let me say that again. God knew all the jacked up things you were going to do. God knew his foreknowledge of your mistakes and he did not allow his foreknowledge to keep you for, from preordaining you from, for your divine assignment. So said another way, God knew your faults and your flaws and your failures beforehand. And he called you to your assignment despite your performance. Not because of it. So God didn't call you because you're good. God called you because he's good. God didn't call you to live a performance-based life. God called you to live a grace-based life. So if you live performance-based, Bottom line, you will never be good enough. You will never see yourself as good enough for what God has called you to do. Get over yourself. You got it? All right, number three. Number three, adding human performance to grace waters it down. Paul said, as for the rumor that I continue to preach the ways of circumcision as I did in my pre-Damascus road days, that is absurd. Why would I still be persecuted then if I lived like that? If I were preaching the old message, no one would be offended. If I mention Christ every now and then, it would be so watered down that it wouldn't even matter one way or the other. He's like, no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna water down the gospel with human performance. See, if if I'm preaching to you that you have to be right, uh, if you have to do right to be right with God, if I'm preaching to you that you have to earn your blessing, if I'm preaching to you that you have to do all these things to be right so that God can use you in a in a mighty way, then 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 the gospel, Paul says, wouldn't even matter one way or the other because you're, you're just not that good. And so so the power of God wouldn't be manifested on this planet if it was just contingent upon our goodness. And he's like, no, the power of God is going to be manifested on this planet because it's contingent upon God's goodness. And so let's not water it down with our faults and our flaws and our failures. Let's not water it down with human-based religion or performance-based religion. Paul taught that you cannot add the human performance to the law. And so he's like, no, it's the law. I preach Christ and Christ crucified. That's it. And he says, any gospel that is contingent upon human performance is powerless. Let me say that again. Let me, let me say that slow for the people in the back. Any gospel that is contingent upon human performance is powerless because you're not that good. So the, the gospel is God can do it. He can perform miracles. He can, he can cause the blind to see, the lame to walk, the dumb to speak through you. He, he can open doors for you that no man can close. He can do it. He can, he can give you wisdom that exceeds your education and experience. He can do it. He can give you the money to fund projects that you don't have the money for. He can do it. And so, so it's all about him. It's not about you. So, but, but if you're living your life based on you, you can never do it because you're not that good. So our power comes from knowing that we are not the ones that are doing it. Let me say that again. Our power comes from knowing that we're not the ones that are doing it. Our power comes from knowing that it's the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And our, our power comes from knowing that we are being used. Our power comes from knowing that we are 
men and women that are possessed and we know it, that we're like possessed by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is using us to do things that we can never do without him. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom that exceeds our education and experience. The Holy Spirit gives us favor that we could never work for or earn or deserve. The Holy Spirit is doing stuff through us and we're possessed and we're aware of it. And there's this consciousness that is outside of us and we're being used and we know it and we're saying stuff and it is, it is as if sometimes that we are the orator and a spectator. It is as if we have this consciousness that is outside of us and we're, we're being, we're using, being used by God. We're saying stuff and we're doing stuff, but we know it's almost like we're watching ourselves, this consciousness outside of us and we're looking at ourselves in utter amazement and we're saying, look at God, how God is using me. God, why are you using me on this level? This is crazy. And you look at your wife, you look at your husband, you look like, babe, look at this. Hey, did you ever imagine? Hey, babe, man, this is crazy, right? And you look at it like, this is amazing. Like, can, can you... Look at what we're doing. This is the grace of God. It's not us. Do you remember, babe, when we first got married? Man, we, could you imagine? No, I couldn't imagine. Man, can you, this is crazy. This is God. I'm saying you got to get to that, but you would never get to that level if you're focused on you. I mean, real talk. You're not that good. You got to get out of the way so God can use you the way that he wants to use you. I'm talking about the grace life. If you could ever get to the point where you just yield to God, you fully submit to him, and you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, guide you, and direct you in all things at all times, then you will live a life that exceeds your wildest imagination. Because at that point, it won't be you doing it. It won't be human performance. It will be God doing it. He will be doing it through you. He would be doing it for his glory. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? If you know what I'm talking about, put that in the chat. I'm telling you, this is how I live. It's the grace life. It's amazing. Testify. God can use you in ways that will blow your mind if you just put your life in his hands. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Let's do it. Let's close it out. I want you to speak this over your life. I want you to declare this over your life by faith. Say, Father, I thank you for opening my eyes to grace. In response, I open my heart to believe with no limits. My faith in you is no longer contingent upon my performance towards you. Even though I'm not good enough in and of myself, and even though my performance can never measure up, I believe anyway. <laughs> my faith says yes to your grace. I will no longer hinder your power from flowing in my life because of a, a perceived lack of merit. I'm not worthy for your assignment or your blessing, or your goodness, and I get over it. Jesus was worthy for me. Therefore, I believe you, Father. You bless me because you want to bless me. It is you, Father, who live in me. You give me the words, and you perform the work. I am a human conduit of the divine, and greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. This is today's word. Apply it and prosper. So do me a favor. Since this is today's word, share it. Share it on your social media. Share it on your timeline. Share it with your friends. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. If you're not, if you're not getting my notes, you can get my notes for free if you didn't know that. 
uh, go to todaysword.org. There's a big red subscribe button. Click on it. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, if this content is a blessing to you and you want to receive like direct mentorship or uh, uh, more content from Isabella and I that we're sharing in a private forum, check out patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.